How's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast, and I'm with Kimba Garcia today of RKG Roofing, the CEO AF podcast and lead revenue. How you doing, Kimba? I'm doing awesome, Tim. How are you, sir? Doing very well. Got and we're, ta- we're talking about CEO mindset mistakes and how to keep focused. And we yeah. were just talking about you guys, you guys are kind of hitting a, a pretty big um, shift in your business now as as time has gone on you're saying there's a lot of there's a no time there's a lot of time at the beginning there's no time in the middle and then you get time back a little bit as you start to have managers and different people in place so give us a little bit of your journey and where you're at in it yeah absolutely so of course when what we were talking about tim just for any i mean they didn't get to be the fly on the wall in our conversation right so it's like you're when you first start your business there's not a lot of business to be happening you're still out you're looking for work, you're, you're kind of waiting for what are all the things to start. There's not a lot of admin work on the back end. So you kind of have some of that time to learn, to push into podcasts, to read books, to structure, to plan, to create the vision. But then it's time to get to work and you have to scale that up. And so you're busy. You're in the business a lot. You're creating the processes. You're on the grind. And then if you do it correctly, then you process out some of that stuff. You can start handing some of those pieces off to different people in the company and not in a way that says, hey, you invent the wheel for me, but in a way that says, I've processed this out. Here's the structure, here's the flow. And then we give that position to a person. And so once we do that as a CEO, we get to start taking some of those hats off. Um, Coaching uh, the, the management of our organizations, getting some of our time back where we can start doing kind of some of the fun stuff like giving back education, um, and pouring back into an industry that's grown our lives, like roofing, the roofing restoration industry has changed my life. I'm sure it's changed the life of anybody that listens to your podcast in the industry. Yeah. It's changed your life, right? Yeah. So it just becomes a matter of um, once we're not struggling to keep the lights on anymore and the company's flowing and everything's kind of grooving and going and flowing, now we just like to give back, right? And then, and so that's why I just love being invited on podcasts like yours to just share a little bit of our story with people on how I figured it out. Um, in respect to mindset hacks, mindset tricks, or the things that people do wrong, right, um, is, is one of the a personal favorite of mine, because at my company, CEO AF, I say all the time, you know, the business can never outgrow you. And that's one of the things on my personal journey that I really latched onto and took very serious, because the truth is seven years ago, six and a half years ago, when we started the company, I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with depression. I couldn't be the CEO of my own mind, much less of other people's financial liabilities and their careers. And and now I have over 60 people that depend on my company to feed their family. Mm -hmm. So I had to grow stronger. And so when we're talking about mindset hacks, I hope that people don't just look at that as a buzzword or a, oh, it's another one of those kind of podcasts and actually understand that your business will not outgrow you. And if you don't start implementing in some kind of mindset growth, mindset hacks into your life, the company is not going to outgrow. You're not going to be able to run a company when you can't run you, right? I so love that's it. why I so, love this. So at my, I guess one of the ways I would ask you this is like, you talk to a lot of contractors, right? Because you guys yeah. are kind of, cons- you're talking to other people, you're, you're out and about in the industry. Do you guys do some coaching? For people? Yeah, AF, I do life and business coaching for entrepreneurs. I'm not specific to roofing, but because that's my industry, I do attract a lot of roofers as clients and do work with a lot of roofing contractors across the country. 
I also, um, I'm just very plugged into the industry. I do a lot yeah. with different um, industry events and do speaking at that. So I, I have gotten the opportunity to know a lot of roofing contractors across the country. So what do you see are some of these biggest mistakes that you see these guys making? Cause you and girls. So what do you see mm-hmm. is like holds them back? What is the, what are some of the biggest ones that you see mistake wise? So it's always a hundred percent themselves, right? It's the, it's the non-ability to learn new things. It's to not open up and, and learn and grow and be pliable. I think in roofing um, and contracting space in general, it attracts the, um, and I don't want not always, cause here I am. Right. But there's a lot of the kind of the guy that likes to work with his hands, that real, what I call the real heavy masculine energy, almost aggressive. And it's kind of that some of these guys that have been in the industry for 20 or so years, um, you know, they haven't, some of the stuff that I talk about in regards to mindset, um, even though it's science and quantum physics has came a long way, I'm actually an NLP practitioner. So neuro-linguistic programming, I got my um, certification in that last year because I was so passionate about this. But I see them just not being willing to open their minds to understand how their brain works and really be able to build a company outside of it, just kind of being a hustle or kind of being a grind or working with their mm. hands. And um, and a lot of times they just get stuck in the business and they're not able to operate on the same level of passion that they otherwise would because they just kind of get stuck in that grind. Um, mm. And so I love whenever I get the opportunity to work with another roofing company owner, contractor, CEO that says, Hey, you know what? I'm open. I'm willing to grow. I'm open to learn. I'm willing to get a little bit uncomfortable. And you know what, Kemba, some of that, I call it the the hippy dippy bullshit that you talk about, girl. It's like, you know, I'm here to hear it. And once they do, and they start learning that um, their thoughts actually train their brain, their language, what comes out of our mouth is wiring the program internally. And it's deciding what our future holds and the the resources that we have to tap into in our own subconscious genius is very powerful. And a lot of roofing contractors don't even know that they have that. I'm like, you're so powerful and you have all this genius that lives inside of you, but you stay so busy, so stressed, so mad. They're like angry and in fight mode a lot of the times when they're dealing with insurance adjusters and different homeowners. And so we're so busy boxing Allstate all the time. Yeah. That our cortisol levels stay so high that we can't create and flow in passion. I got, I love that. I got two little points here. One is I think sometimes people don't realize they don't have much to lose because you're making 2 million bucks. Okay. It's not enough. You, you need to, you need to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. The, the point is, is like a lot of these guys get stuck because they think they're succeeding. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's more to be had. Like you guys are doing over 10, 12, or, you know, you're getting 15. Like there's more to be had. So don't hold on so tightly to what you have. And then the other thing is I was just talking about this. We're, we're going quick here, but I, I've yeah. been talking about this lately because I'm going on tour with Jen Silver. I don't know if you, do you know Jen? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're we know a, each other. We're, we're doing a speaking tour and um, I've been trying to understand the model that she's talking about because I, I don't really know. I'm not like, I don't know that I can promote it as much yet, but I do, what I do fully understand is that there's a lot of people that are addicted to that fight that you're just talking about, the fighting, Mm -hmm. the insurance and stuff like that. So I think sometimes there's a little bit of like resistance to her thing. And I don't know, like, do you, do you kind of buy in a little bit on what she's talking about? I'm just sorry that this is off topic. Yeah. um, You know, I really love Jim. I really respect her model and I do love what she's doing. 
I am in, I have my reserves as well. Um, I've tried the model. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in DFW for anybody listening. So yeah. Dallas Fort Worth is, it's a competitive market. There's no yeah. licensing required here. It's what you know in the roofing industry is the wild, wild west. Yeah. And a lot of our market is, um, they're familiar with the insurance process. These people re-roof through the yeah. insurance process every couple of years. Um, so I personally, I've been to. It's okay. You can disagree. I, you can disagree no, on my podcast. Because but, I don't, yeah. right. Yeah. I don't disagree. I also don't utilize the model hundred percent of the time. Um, yeah. I run now that I've implemented in solar, I do have some hybrid models where mm-hmm. I'll take an ACV check and I'll actually roll depreciation in with solar financing on mm. the back end and get out of having to wait on depreciation and supplements to come yeah. in. So I would say um, to the tour that you're going to go on into the one industry, one model thing, if you want my honest opinion on it, I do. it's learn it, understand it. And then just like with anything, see how that fits in your business and your market mm-hmm. and with what you have going on, because the answer may not be, do you believe in it? Yes or no. It may be like, Hey, this is one tool in your toolbox that when you need to use it, when it makes sense to use it, absolutely run the play. And that's personally where I am with it right now yeah. is it's there. And I was actually inspired um, through COVID because a lot of people needed to keep money in hand. And so we had to start getting a little bit more creative with financing on it, but I love her. I think she's great. I love what she's doing. Um, I'm not a thousand percent like everybody I like what should you go said, this though. direction. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I like that mindset though. It's a it's one tool and there's different there's different ones that you should be using at different yes, times. Absolutely. Yep. And and your own company cash flow and your own company goals and the goals of your homeowner, the project itself, you know, there's so many variables. I tell people, I'm like, there's no in roofing this than that. The best thing you can do is have a playbook. Because when you're out on the field, you don't know what the other team's going to do. So you just have mm-hmm. to be be able to adapt, weave, and pivot to whatever situation that you're in. And I think that that's why so many of us love roofing is because it's not a boring, mundane, day-to-day. Every roof's different. Every homeowner's different. Every carrier's different. Every adjuster's different. Mm-hmm. Every project that you're on is so much different than the last one that we always just have the opportunity to learn and grow. And I think there are probably a lot of times, a lot of markets, a lot of homeowners where that model works beautifully for and then for me personally, it's not the model that I run for most of my jobs. I usually go yeah. through the insurance process. Mm-hmm. So talk, talk to me about that fight. So you're in a, you're sometimes in a fight with carriers and I always, I make memes about carriers all the time. Like I'm, I'm on the side of the, the homeowner and of the roofing contractor, you know, like I'm yeah. pretty adamant, you know, like I, I believe that people are getting ripped off. And so I, I like the fight too. I like a fight. So, yeah. but talk to me about like, sometimes that could get you in the wrong momentum mindset wise, if you're constantly fighting, or do you believe that's one of the mindset mistakes? Or do you think that that's fun? I mean, like, I, what, what is your thought on this? Um, I think that the main thing that we see um, as it pertains to fighting with the carrier. Yeah. I think a lot of people get addicted to the fight. I think sometimes that the emotions go a little bit heavier on that side of things. We almost forget to kind of draw that line of, he has a job, we have a job, we're both going to do our job, present the fact. It's almost almost if like you were in a court of law, put your facts on the table yeah. and may the best person win. It mm-hmm. just, it has to be like that. And then there's also the disclaimer that as reefing contractors, we actually can't fight the carrier at all. So exactly. as much time as we spend yeah. doing it, yeah. it's actually UPPA. So we are, we're fighting in a different way, if you will. We're not fighting policy, we're fighting scope. We're fighting for the fact that the line items are not on the claim that we actually need to get this homeowner brought back up to pre-storm condition within code. Um, A lot of times those line items are left off. So contractors 
have to fight to be able to get what we need to just do our job, which is a lot mm -hmm. different than public adjusting or representing a policyholder or fighting for a policyholder as it pertains to being representing them to the carrier as an adjuster. It's not the same thing, um, but we do have a lot of fun with it. Sometimes we get a little bit addicted to the fight and that kind of starts mm. the day off. And for yeah. roofing contractors that are doing all their own supplements on the back end, it does become where hours of your day are sometimes spent in what I'm going to call a debate, right? Not an argument, mm. but if you're doing it correctly, a healthy debate that can be fun, but we do, we let those cortisol levels um, run away with us sometimes. And so that's when mm. I always encourage my clients um, with what I call thought audits. So I'll jump mm -hmm. into that, but I'll tell you another time a thought audit comes in great because the other thing that I see happen where the mindset um, gets crushed during the day, if you will, are employees and team members. Um, the first thing a roofing contractor does is say, I need sales guys. And then they figure yeah. out five sales guys deep that they hate dealing with sales guys. Yeah. And sales guys are not them all of a sudden. They have one skill set and it's to sell things. Why can't y'all project manage jobs? Why can't you write estimates? What do you mean you don't know the answer to this? But the truth is they've had no training, man. That's why they don't know the answer to that yet. Because mm -hmm. you have no processes built out to support your team, which makes you mad a lot. Because your team does mm -hmm. not have the training and support that they need. The processes do not exist in your company to support them at a high level. So you spend a lot of time being frustrated at something that I'm only saying this out of love, but it's just your own fault. These people mm -hmm. don't have the tools they need to do the job. So we stop that because we don't, we can't build processes. We can't build the flow. If all we are is pissed off and playing the victim and blaming our employees and blaming the adjusters, there's no power in that space. So mm -hmm. to me, it's very important that I keep my own power, my own center, and I personally do that through what I call thought audits. I'll be honest with you, Tim, when I was rewiring my anxiety, I shared a few minutes ago, I started my journey, diagnosed depression and anxiety, okay? Mm -hmm. So the first thing for me was I had to learn how to not be the kind of person that steals my own power because I have so much cortisol happening in my brain all the time. I'm literally not even as intelligent. And that's what we're, science actually proves we're less intelligent when we're stressed out. Right. And so now we're trying to run companies in survival mode as a less intelligent version of ourselves. So I had to start training myself how to not be that way anymore so that I could harness my full intelligence because I needed it. Was the try to have a lot of room. There's a lot of money on the table and there's a lot of people here. I need that. So I started doing what I call thought audits now. And at the beginning, to unwire anxiety, sometimes you're thought auditing every five minutes because we have over 80,000 thoughts a day. So when I slow down with you, you have 80,000 thoughts a day, 80% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that you already thought about yesterday. So we find ourselves in the hamster wheel of survival, worrying about shit that we've already worried about. We're not doing anything new. We're not creating anything new because we're not having any new thoughts. So the thought audit for me is when I start feeling the cortisol, the anger, the anxiety, whatever that is, start creeping up on me. It's a hard stop button because I know that worst case scenario is most likely not going to happen. I know what's going on in my brain is that I just took on a big shot of cortisol because that's our internal fight or flight mechanisms from an evolutionary standpoint. You know, we used to have to go out and hunt for our food and we had to fight off the bears that were trying to kill us. Well, we no longer have to do all that. No lion is gonna chase you today, Tim, that's the great news. But when your brain feels that stress or anxiety, that's what your evolution goes to. Give him cortisol. He has to fight. 
And now there's no bear to fight. So we fight our employees and we fight our insurance adjusters and we go around just fighting life. We fight traffic. Or or competitors, right? Like I think a big one, I think a lot of guys are stuck. I think a lot of us are stuck on competitors. So that's Uh, what I want. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear a little bit more of your thoughts on, on competitors and where you stand on that. And like, how are you dealing with that? Cause this is definitely a cortisol for me. Like I, I, I've got a couple of competitors. I just like, Oh, it's just a couple, you know, that I get stuck yeah. on. Right. And it's usually for most roofers too. They have a couple that they just get fixated on. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's good. I think sometimes it kind of gives you the right, like get up. Yeah. Ah. Let's go. Hey, I'll like, be honest with you, man. I got a couple that are fixated on me that are ugly. They're just yeah. ugly. Um, yeah. And they do, they come fight the line and I'm not fighting them. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I love that you brought this up. It's, I don't believe in competition at all whatsoever. In fact, I believe in collaboration. I'll in fact share with you that I am coaching in my own market. Yeah. Who could be my direct competitor? I won't say here and count, but I'll tell you there's over four of them that I'm privately coaching how to build their businesses inside of my own market right now, because I just don't do that. Um, I'm running a JV set with a competitor um, out of Colorado right now. And that's the thing that I've learned. I used to think that way though. I used to think, oh, these are the roofing companies. But what I've realized is that there's so many homeowners to help. And the, the percentage of those of us that do it right and correctly is small. My competition are not those of you guys out there that are building great quality roofs, that are treating homeowners fairly, that are doing things ethically. My competition is chucking a truck that's out there lying to homeowners, abusing homeowners, stealing money from homeowners, and honestly trashing and tarnishing the reputation in the industry for the rest of us. Those are the Mm -hmm. only people that it's important to me that we move out of the industry. But the truth is I don't share a customer base with those people either. So it doesn't even matter to me because they have customers that are their customers. I have customers that are my customers. That looks a lot different. And the people who are inside my market that want this, that want to do this right, that say, hey, I love and appreciate what you're doing, Kemba. And I want to learn some of the things that you've done internally to help me build that for myself and my family. Um, I just have an abundant mindset because I can't operate off of scarcity and like the lion is chasing me all the time. It holds me back. It cuts my power short. And I don't believe, I'll share with you quick. I I had the same conversation. I have an almost 15 year old son. He's a freshman in high school this year. Um, And he was giving me this whole speech about why we're so hard on him, right? If you will, and started talking to me about his friends are vaping and this other friend has 40 zeros in his class or whatever. And I said, you know, Peyton, in our family, we don't look at the person in the lane next to us when we're racing. It's just important that we stay in our lane and we run as fast and hard as possible in our lane as we can. However, if you're going to chase somebody, chase the guy that's in the lane that's in front of you that you can see, respect his hustle and chase the hell out of him. Otherwise, I need your blinders on right here and you go as hard and fast as you can right here. But if what we're doing, if we're constantly turning around backwards going, well, I'm doing better than that guy. Well, I'm doing better than that guy. We're screwing you guy back there. We're losing our momentum forward. Are you sick of what passes for leads these days? What's wrong with leads? Or Facebook ad leads? Not much, unless you want to be the lowest bidder on every job. I wear a lot of hats, but search engine marketing and website I've passed off to a Google specialized team.
And so mm -hmm. I just believe that we can't turn around and attack competition, worry about competition, or even compete with the competition unless it's in a way of inspiration because you're chasing them because you respect what they're doing. That's beautiful. That can be motivated. Like you said, it can be a good thing. But otherwise, it's literally holding you back. It's costing you time mm -hmm. and it's costing you energy that should be invested into you and your company and your growth and the impact that you're leaving, not only inside of your organization, but within your community as a whole. It's just going to keep you back. This is a really good like segue, I think, because you're talking about blinders on, right? And, yep. and part of the, the title of the podcast is how to keep focus. And one of the things I asked somebody right before this, Cam Harris, about what he would talk to you about, or he said, you've got a lot going on, right? You've got a couple of three or four businesses. So he was going to ask like, how do you do time management? So I think those kind of go together. Like how to do time manage, how to, how to stay focused. God, I have like three questions in one. So yeah. how to, the other question is um, just like, a lot of roofers start a second business when they're like at one or 2 million. I, I'm like, I kind of want to coach. I, if I was to coach them, I'd be like, focus on the one until it's actually successful. And 1 million is not successful. That'd be my, my, but like, how do you think about it? Cause you've got three things going on, but you guys have already really, you're established. Yep. And I just started so these other things um, within yeah. this last year. I started having people come to me wanting coaching from me. So I started doing it as a little hobby on the side, if you will, just kind of getting inside yeah. of other people's businesses. Um, it started taking off and I started realizing that I don't have time to help as many people as they're asking me for help. I got to structure this out and process this out because the impact that CEOAF ended up being called to leave was bigger than my initial vision. and was bigger than me. I brought on a partner, Amanda, and we've blown that up into a full-blown company, but it has processes and structure there. Um, and it doesn't take, I work inside of CEOAF about a day and a half a week now. Um, and so mm -hmm. I have set days on my calendar that's dedicated for that. So as it pertains to time management, I'm big on keeping a calendar and just sticking to it. Um, my assistant helps with that. We have a shared Google calendar. And as things go on my calendar, they're on the calendar. And then that's my day, regardless of what mm -hmm. business that that's for um, at the time. I do stay busy with client calls usually every other Wednesday and Thursday. And I just know that those are my days for that. And I block out time for each one of the different things that I do. Uh, lead revenue is an advisory board position for me. So something mm -hmm. I do a couple days a quarter, um, have some conversations with clients throughout the week. Um, but yeah, I really focused on solely RKG for five hard years, mm -hmm. processing, building, putting the hats on other people and being able to figure it out. Cause then it's like, we talked about at the beginning of this, then you get to buy some of that time back. I get to hire a general manager. Yeah. She comes with almost a six figure salary. I got to buy a lot of my time and energy back because she's overseeing the ins and outs in the days to day of the company. So it makes it easier for me to manage a lot of my time because I've built out internal tracking sheets. So I can go yeah. on to within my CRM and my Google drive, I can go on there and I know exactly every expense that came out of the company, every income that came into the company. I can go look at job files. So I personally have it structured now where at least three hours a week, a day, one day, an hour for three days a week, I go in and I do what I call combing through my files. And I'm just auditing RKG. What's going on in here? What's mm -hmm. I'm looking around for? Why was this job 15% profit and this one was 45? What do mm -hmm. we do wrong here? How do we yeah. get that up here? Um, and I just find some of the bleeds, if you will, the holes. Mm -hmm. I call them ironing out the wrinkles of the company. 
But to be honest with you, Tim, I truly, truly, truly love what I do. So it comes back to mindset. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things I want to share with people that I do not wake up in the morning believing that I do not like what I do. And that's huge because I start when my eyes open about five o'clock, 530. I'm already posting content structuring content, scheduling content. I'm sending out emails to the team, checking emails. I'm going through my tracking sheets and it's at 5 a.m. And that's over coffee, right? That's first thing in the morning, like over coffee, I'm already on it. So it's a good thing I love it because some people would not want to be diving in at 5 a.m. But I don't let myself go, oh, I have to go dig through tracking sheets this morning. I wake up with... I set that thought on it, right? Yeah. Kimba, don't think that, girl. Silly. You're pumped yeah. to look through your tracking sheets today. Yeah. You are blessed yeah. to have three different companies that you're plugged into to go manage today, girl. Woo! And so my music gets turned on. I'll start jamming. I'll start dancing. I do my thing. Mm-hmm. I make my perfect cup of coffee, bust out my computer, and I just start having fun with it. And that's what people miss is if you're not having fun, get out because you're about to mm-hmm. tank it all. You have to have fun. And that's where the thought audits come in. It's also where my internal cheerleading section comes in. So I read this book and that's, I was talking about your bookshelf behind you because I love books. I wish I could remember what damn book I took this little nugget from, but it's just, it's not, you know how that is, or you just, you take it, but you can't remember exactly where it came from. But I read in a book that the Navy SEALs actually use this tactic for mindset training, because when they're in the middle of the ocean, they're freezing, they're being whatever, you got to sit there and stay alive in freezing cold water until help comes to you. And they have to train to do that kind of stuff. It's very Mm -hmm. mentally intensive. And what they do is very simple. They have their internal cheerleading section that they activate. And all that is, is a you or a million use, right? In my mind, it's a million Kimbas that are standing in those bleachers going, let's go girl, get after it. Don't stop, don't mm, stop, go. Yeah. And we're doing yeah. that when I really need it, when it's I'm having a really bad moment because I don't have bad days, only bad moments. Catch it with the thought audit. You know, you don't have to have a bad day, that's silly. You don't have time for that. Have a bad moment, yeah. let it go. You know, a lot of times we get stuck in, I'm just having a bad day. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you just wired that into existence, right? With your yeah. language, didn't you? Now you're absolutely going to have a bad day. Crazy. I, I, but the little bit, I've read a couple of books about NLP, by the way, too. And like, yeah. I like, it's a very cool practice. Um, in addition to, I have, cre- I've had a lot of anxiety too. So I've learned about psychology and stuff like that out of necessity. Yeah. Um, NLP, yeah. the one, one of the, a couple of the things that I liked about it, like they're talking about, like, if you have a problem, a lot of times you're accidentally making, and they use like visual language a lot of times. And it's like, you're making that bright and up close to you. And instead yep. let's, yep. let's turn it in black and white and let's make it small in your mind. And so it's like this, yeah. yeah. And let's make that like mindset of like taking an issue and making it like, you can make it bright just to like kind of show yourself that that's what you're doing. And then, and I'm a very visual person. So that kind of like mindset hack works for me. And I love, I love that yeah. aspect make it black and white and put it far away and, and make it like, if it's a competitor, make a little chirpy, like a uh, chipmunk competitor. That's, wee, 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 wee. You know, uh, I love that. Joe, Joe Hoffman of uh, Hoffman Weber roofing up here, 40 million roofing, um, $40 million roofing company. He said, he just calls it crickets chirp. That was, that's a good one for me. Like he's just talking yeah. about like, there's a lot of people on the sideline just chirping. It doesn't mean I got to listen to them. So there's, and that's Man, so it's, right. uh, and it's so uh, powerful yeah. how we create our own reality yeah. in our minds. And that's, that was a powerful way for me to get around 
my own anxiety is because I'm like, man, you're creating the reality mm. that you're in with your own perspective. Just look at it differently and challenge yourself to do that because it does become a habit, right? It becomes a, it becomes a habit. And the cheerleading section is so powerful for those moments when you're struggling with that. It's like, I just can't get it going. I actually put it on my story. Um, if I don't work, me cheering myself on doesn't work. Because let's face it, if I was freezing in cold water, I hate cold, Tim. I just do not do cold. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm freezing in cold water, the chances of me dying are pretty high. Okay, <laughs> unless the internal cheerleading section kicks in and it's my three kids. So that's yeah. another mindset hack that I use with the cheerleading section, because I promise you three people on this planet, I will die before I disappoint or Peyton mm. Blaze and McKinley. So mm. when that cheerleading section has to be those a million, I mean, I just see thousands of my kids standing in a field going, yeah. go mommy, go. Yeah. There's almost no better inspiration that just shot of energy, if you will, that powers you through to the next moment. And the truth is that's what building my company was. Because we don't, I was a single mom, my first son, I got pregnant with him when I was 17, was a single mom by 18, supported him 100% by myself with no child support, no support from the other side until I married my husband, Robbie, that we own RKG. And so my son, my oldest son, Peyton, that I did the, the blinders and the whole talk with, right? Um, you know, it's very important for me to show him that it doesn't matter where we come from and anybody could use the crutch of, well, I don't know my dad and I could have this and I could screw that, man. I could do the same thing. I could sit here. I could have stayed on the, the different state aid plans and government assistance. And I could have said, oh, well, his dad never paid child support. His dad never helped, blah, blah, blah. And that could be my reality and was for a while. And I could let that give me cortisol shots and I could become as addicted to that as a crackhead is crack. And I could live there every day, but that will not serve us. It will not serve us. And so for me, it really did become a moment of, I have to show my kids that there's a better way. I have to show, I have to literally take my kids out of poverty and teach them that poverty is a choice. And it's a choice in your bank account. And it's a choice in your brain. And you can absolutely rewire and control this. So for me, the cheerleading section and the motivation, there's not a lot that I won't do for those kids. And I think that's where we come back as business owners. We're all familiar with our why. Um, that was a powerful why for me. It wasn't just about, oh, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this to show my kids that you don't have to become where you came from. You don't have mm. to become just because that's where he came from doesn't mean that that's where you have to end up. And, and that really started it. Um, so that cheerleading section with being able to just check myself on like, this is not going to serve you. The being the victim, the pity part, it's not going to serve you. And fat girl, have fun and get excited. Dance if you have to. When mm. I get mad, I would be turning on my jams and I'm just, I'm just having so much fun because I'm so <laughs> mad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, that's a blast. Yeah. But I've made that a habitual habit with myself where if I feel yeah. bad, I'm going to check out and go do something that makes me happy for a second because mm -hmm. I need my creativity. I need my subconscious genius. Mm -hmm. I need my serotonin. I need my cortisol mm -hmm. to lower. Mm -hmm. And I really think that if people, and not only do I think, but I know, but I know that I know that I know that when you practice that, just like cortisol becomes addictive, you start waking up in the morning looking for gratitude. Your breath mm -hmm. and the sun licking your skin in the morning when you walk outside just is enough. Like, mm -hmm. You're not afraid to lose anything anymore. You're not afraid to take chances. You're not afraid to invest. You're not afraid to get in there and get a little bit dirty because you're about to just have so much fun with it. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, my breath 
is the gift. Everything else I get to work for. And I tell myself that every morning. I go outside, I take mm -hmm. a big deep breath. My breath is the blessing. I can feel the sun licking my skin. I take a second to remember what it's like to just be human outside of the CEO, outside of the mom, outside of the wife. Like what is just the blessing and the phenomenon on just being human that gets to exist? It's so mm -hmm. powerful to just start with. And some mm -hmm. people, Kemba, that's just some hippy dippy bullshit, girl. And I'm like, it's because you don't do it that you don't understand. But if you'll practice, no matter how, no matter how silly you feel, yeah. if you'll go sit outside, and just the vitamin D from the sun actually shuts down depressive, the depression mechanisms in our brain. And when you intentionally put your thoughts on the way that the sun feels hitting your skin, the way that oxygen feels cycling through your lungs and just appreciate being a human for a second, you can always come back to that feeling during the day. And that's something that I've just mm. made such a practice of mine that now it's okay because anytime I'm upset, I take a breath and I'm just back to gratitude because at the end of the day, I'm so grateful for the simplicity of my breath. I wake up, look, I look for gratitude in my life. Like I used to look for problems. I used to wake up in the morning mm. going, what is there to be stressed out about today? And yeah. what's fixing to go wrong? Yeah. And I would wire yeah. that. But now I wake up, what's fixing to go right? What am I fixing to create? I'm just so grateful for my breath. And I've got everything else because everything else is a fun challenge. And it's flipping that around no matter how, because it took me, it took me probably six months of forcing myself to do that. But now for years, it's normal. It's yeah, an no. energy people feel off me and talk about. Um, and then I learned how to do it at a scientific level, utilizing some of the NLP stuff. But it was kind of the same stuff that I already knew to do, just didn't fully understand why it worked yet. And um and you know, that's just, that's just really the biggest thing is whatever you're doing, you're blessed to be doing and you need to have fun, mm. <laughs> period. You'll actually be yeah. more intelligent if you'll do that. I love it. I, I really appreciate you coming on today. This has been a great podcast. What can people do to get a hold of you? What would be the next step if they wanted to work with CEO AF? So I'm big on Facebook. If you type in Kimba, not very many of us come up. So that's the great part. Um, Kimba Garcia, really, if you type in Kimba and Google, I think I come up. Some different podcasts nice. I've been on. Um, my website is www.ceo-af.com. Um, and so they can go over there, get, you know, plug in with us there as well. But I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the places, all the things. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, the podcast is put on by hookagency.com. And thank you for spending time with me today. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Yeah, bye-bye.